This month, Streaming Things is brought to you by the super patrons, and I'm about to shout them out. Thank you so much to Chester Copperpot, Jade, Jillian Morgan, Aaron Layton, Ghost, Andrew Gray, Casey McCain, Crystal Trujillo, Jen Robinson, John Collins, Kalisha Reeves, Kate, Kiki Newton, Stanton, Valerie, and Will Nash. Welcome back. My name is Chris. And I'm Andy. And this is Streaming Things Crossing Streams Edition. Hey, we're back. We haven't got to listen to this tune in a minute. It's been a long time since we've just recommended some other TV shows or film properties for people to check out that they might enjoy. It's been uh, probably since Rings of Power and House of the Dragon started. because We've been quite busy with those two things. Uh, For real. Uh, Steve is still not here as we record this, but as you're listening to this, he's back in action. In fact, he probably edited this. I'm not sure, but he's he's back in the house. You have to fret no more. Don't worry. You'll get to hear him gloat very soon uh, about certain predictions he may or may not have had on certain shows that we're covering. I almost delivered a spoiler to unsuspecting (laughs) listeners there that might not have been caught up on said (laughs) show. Um, But yeah, we got a couple like. Big film and TV news things we wanted to chat about. As you listen to this, we're, or as, as we record this, we're sitting there waiting for episode nine of House of the Dragon to drop. And we were going to do the the Burbs episode because we have this uh, shtick now on certain tiers of the Patreon feed. People can actually force us to watch and cover things. And uh, one patron picked The Burbs, the Tom Hanks film. And uh, I, things just got away from us today. So we thought, hey, let's just check in and do a crossing stream. Yeah, man. Been a hot minute. And, you know, if I was the patron that had uh, spent my hard-earned cash to force us to watch the burbs and Steve wasn't on it, I'd be pissed. That's true. You Steve know? is going to crush the burbs, I imagine. I, I, I have a things. feeling that's a very Stevie kind of film. It's Stevie. Yeah. I would I would describe it as Stevie. I would. Uh, so uh, we're just going to rock reference. Yeah, we're just going to talk about a few things uh, that we've been watching. But first, some really sad news. Um, Robbie Coltrane, uh, known best for his portrayal, probably best Absolutely. for his portrayal of Hagrid on uh, all eight of the Harry Potter films, mm-hmm. has passed away. As we record this, it's been, I think, two days. Um, we're all huge fans of Harry Potter here, but Andy by far the biggest fan. And that's very sad news. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, typically, uh, celebrity deaths when they happen, I'm like, Oh man, that's sad. And, you know, kind of move on with my life. But, uh, Hagrid dying, that was, uh, uh, hit me hard. It, it was, uh, you know, like watching a little piece of my childhood just sort of, you know, disappear. It's like, you know, how, as you grow up, like, things happen and there are milestone moments in your life and you kind of just become more and more of an adult and, you know, you put the past behind you in a lot of ways. That was one that hit me in a way that I didn't realize it would. Sure. Um, I also didn't realize that he was as old as he was. He was 72. Yeah. Yeah. Um, He's a big guy in actuality too, right? I'm um, not sure. He, he was larger, like girthy, but he was not, um, like he wasn't like six, five or anything like that. No. He was movie little, magic. He was taller than the other actors, but sure, like, they were Redfist, children. Like, four foot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, man, I, uh, I, I desperately want to do a uh, Harry Potter uh, marathon, and uh, uh, my wife already is. Carissa already is. is she, she's on um, 
Prisoner of Azkaban as we speak. I popped it in for her before I drove over here. Oh, so that's cool. When she found out he passed, she was like, it's time for a marathon. And mm-hmm. I was like, I think you just did one t- two months ago. She's like, shut your mouth. <laughs> About this time of year, every year, I uh, start getting the urge to read the books. I don't know what it is about fall. Well, she said the same thing. Like she Harry was Potter. like, it's the season for it. It doesn't matter that I jumped the gun in the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, it's almost kind of a Christmas series to w- at least the movies as well. And she's like, oh, I, you know what I mean? Like something about the score. It's kind of Christmassy. To oh, me. yeah. Big time. And, you know, Christmas is such a big deal, uh, like in the show every Every, right in every movie so it's like i got a present <laughs> when he gets his invisibility cloak i was watching it with her the other day um yeah so uh, props to, to robbie coltrane I, I don't think any other actor could have possibly thought about uh embodying the spirit of hagrid as well as robbie coltrane did yeah um i mean i think out of all the characters in that movie He's probably the best cast of all of them. Yeah, I mean, absolutely spot on what was in my head, whereas mm-hmm. almost everyone else had to do some, I had to do some like mental gymnastics. You sure, know? yeah. Um, he embodied Hagrid in a way that no other actor ever could even come close. And so, you know, 10, 20 years from now when they remake it, uh, whoever it is that plays Hagrid is going to have really big shoes to fill. Yeah, quite literally. Because <laughs> he's, he's a half giant. Um, so that's very sad. We wanted to talk about that. Also, I don't know if you've heard this, but I haven't seen anybody talking about it, but I, I read a couple of days ago. I think it's interesting. So Martin Scorsese has a uh, a celebrated oeuvre and there's a film he made that apparently most people hate that apparently. throughout my life I have thoroughly enjoyed. I had no idea about this. I think you like the movie too, but I'm not sure. The movie is called Gangs of New York. People don't like that movie? No, a lot of what? people do not. And a lot of people think uh, primarily that Cameron Diaz was terrible in the film. Uh, I've just been reading all this stuff recently. I, I, I wasn't aware of most of this, but because I put it pretty high on my top 10 Scorsese films of all time. Oh, uh, that's why you're saying people don't like it. Did, did they uh, go hard on TikTok? Like that movie's dog shit. Well, prior to that, I knew it was a hot take from watching other people talk about it. Uh, but yeah, that was, oh my God, he put gangs over there over Raging Bull or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I think is interesting, uh, Martin Scorsese is making a TV show based oh, on really? uh, Gangs of New York. Yeah. With exploring different characters, I can assume safely probably that like Bill the Butcher and those characters are not going to be in it. So there's going to be no, no Brendan Gleeson, no Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, and it's based on a nonfiction book, the, the original film. So those gangs, most of oh, those really? gangs are real. Yeah. Okay. Bill the Butcher okay. was a real person. I think he was in the Bowery Boys. Did and he have like the eye and stuff? That I don't know. Probably. I, but I, he was in a different gang than he was in in the movie. Because in the movie, he's in the natives. So like real loosely adapted. Yeah, very loosely adapted. But the whole zeitgeist of that time period of New York is very real. Scorsese is very uh, fascinated by it. So he kind of wants to do a mind hunter, like the way that David Fincher did. He's going to direct the first couple of episodes. Uh, and then let it go or maybe create it and get those royalty checks. Well, Fincher (laughs) became the showrunner of, uh, mind Hunter, which was cool. Mm -hmm. Uh, so maybe Scorsese would do something like that, but I'm really interested in it because I love that movie. I think it's a really cool like time period. I didn't, I thought that movie won like Oscars and shit. I can't believe maybe is it like a hindsight, like, uh, not as good as the rest. I think Daniel day Lewis crushed it. Everybody knows that, but I mean, across the board, I think that movie rocks. I like every bit of it. Um, I've watched it. 10 or 20 times. I haven't gone back to it in a long time, but now I kind of want to. That's cool. They're doing is the, do you know what streaming service is Scorsese just going to make his own Scorsese? I use? don't, I think probably Netflix 
If I had to guess, just because he put the Irishman on there, I mean, he's Mm -hmm. got some kind of affiliation with them, but I don't know if I don't remember where I read. Uh, I'd like it if it was HBO. That was very good, but way too long. Yeah. After, especially after watching, um, once upon a time in America, it makes me like the movie less. Cause like, Oh, somebody did this in the eighties, like this exact movie. Like <laughs> they made it a lot better. The whole premise of maybe these guys that we look up to as gangsters are terrible people across the board yeah. has been explored in film before in another four hour long movie. In fact, <laughs> uh, by Sergio Leone, but any hoozle, uh, those are a couple of news things I want to talk about. It is spooky month and that's Andy's favorite thing. It is. Um, but but, but we're going to do our, like our top favorite horror movies of all time episode this month. I think, I think we still plan on doing that when Steve gets back. Uh, yeah. Um, um, we were going to do it like the Friday before my birthday, right? Yes, that's right. Toward the end of the month, right before Andy's birthday is October 30th, by the way, folks. Um, but I did get a chance to watch a couple of horror films that I want to talk about real quickly that won't be on the list, but are highly uh, lauded, we'll say. Uh, Andy, I know one you have not seen. It's the French film called Martyrs. I really want to see that, dude. I've heard it's fantastic. Trigger warnings across the board for everything yeah. in that. Anything uh, that can trigger you. It's, will. It's in, yeah, it's, it's a brutal film, uh, but but very good. And it, it's like three different types of horror films in one. And it's one of those ones that's kind of so disturbing, if nothing else, that if you're a horror fan, it's like, oh, I got to watch it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's one. But one that you probably have seen is Wreck. Wreck. R-E-C, like the letters for record. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, what do you think about that? I, I, I'm not a huge found footage guy, but I can I tell that it's done well. Movies. Do you? Yeah, I do. Um, I, I haven't seen this in a, in a minute. Uh, that, didn't that come out like... Uh, oh, 2007. 07, yeah. So I saw it. I think it's like, a Spanish film. Like back then. Um, and, and I liked it a lot, but I love found footage. Like uh, Cloverfield is one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, I think that's probably the best it's ever been as far as found footage is concerned. But yeah, there's something about it that like at, lends to this realism that makes the um, poor production value like acceptable. Sure. And actually like, you know, kind of it ar- works, artistically effective. It works best for horror because it's like, it puts you in kind of a POV situation. Mm-hmm. But I, I have a hard time with like the willing suspension of disbelief with found footage. Like, why are you still recording kind of thing? Sure, you know yeah. what I mean? Especially with like this movie, for instance, it's like this newscaster that goes uh, around the town with a uh, fireman. And then they end up in this building where like shit starts going hammer time with zombies and stuff. Basically that's the premise. And she's like, keep going. And at first she's like, you have to keep recording this because I feel like the government is, um, you know, up to no good with this. Cause they kind of like quarantine them in the building. Won't let them leave. Mm-hmm. But eventually it's like, this is heavy. I'm trying to run. Why, <laughs> why am I, why am I running this? backwards filming this bitch chasing me, trying to bite me? Yeah. <laughs> Keep looking back at it with the viewfinder. He's like, I've seen, we've made movies and Andy's like, oh, my back after like 30 minutes of holding that thing. Yeah. Yeah. And this guy's just booking it down the stairway while ghosts chasing him and shit. But, Wait, but you liked it? I did. It's, it's very well done. Um, it's very was well it done. Just like you appreciate it for what it is, but wouldn't go back. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people love this movie. I gave it three stars. I had a good time. Uh, a lot of it was the headspace too. I was pretty tired at the time. 
Um, but that was one that I, I, I mean, I've watched dozens of movies since the last time we've done this, but just recently, here's one I know we can both talk about. Did you ever I'll, watch uh, Grave Encounters real quick before we move on? Yes. On your recommendation. Yeah. It's that's a, a ghost story one, right? Mm-hmm, but that, that's the one where the found footage, uh, really works because they're trying to, they're making a TV show. And so it's like, oh, any of those, uh, you know, schlocky, uh, primetime TV, uh, or I don't know about primetime, but like basic cable ghost hunting thing. And yes. like they're making an episode of that. And so it makes sense for all the cameras to be there and yes. for the camera to keep rolling, especially but in then that situation. My, my dumb brain's like, who edited it? Yeah. I mean, it's, well, it's yeah, dumb. Like it's the, like, it's like, get over that. But I can't. The idea is that like they, you know, somebody found, found the footage and <laughs> yeah. they're like, Hey, this is too long to watch, but here's the good, the good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Somebody found that shit. That's all we know. Um, I watched last night, uh, a movie called clerks three. I just saw your tweet right before you came over and I was like, Oh my God, we got to talk about that. Yes. So it worked for you. It did. Uh, and I will, we won't spoil anything. Yeah. Uh, I have some thought, obviously it's, it's not a perfect movie. There's no. a lot of flaws. Some of the performances are obviously performances from non-actors or people who used to be non-actors. Right. And that's, that's his shtick. Mm-hmm. Um, but as someone who grew up with these movies who, you know, you're my best friend, this is our first thing that we bonded over. I think it one was of them, yeah, either this or Lord of the Rings. Um, and yeah, I mean, for good or ill, and I know how this sounds, depending on how you feel about the man, Kevin Smith is a huge part of my personality. Sure. He yeah. just is. Um, the, the way that I curse, I learned it from him, dad, you know, <laughs> um, all that shit. And I, it was insane. Like seeing like the curtain call for our, you know, the two, two of the characters that have impacted our personalities for so long, you know? Yes. Um, because for a minute there, uh, they started production on Clerks 3, uh, I think, like six years ago or something. And famously, uh, Jeff Anderson, the guy that plays Randall, uh, stepped away. Um, he, I guess either he wasn't getting enough money for coming back out because he is one of those guys that was not an actor and became one at Kevin Smith's urging. And thank fuck he did because, you know, Dante and Randall are, is one of the most iconic cinema duos of all time. Did Brian O'Halloran and Jeff Anderson voice the animated characters? Mm-hmm. Okay. So yep. he's been like this character only for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he's uh, done some small filmmaking himself. Uh, he uh, wrote and directed a movie uh, that was um, uh, produced by Kevin Smith. I, I want to say that it was um, the, the clown creepy clown movie. It, ha- it stars Brian O'Halloran. Um, and the, the name of it is escaping me right now, but also say is that he has done some small filmmaking on his own, but this is, you know, the definitive, uh, character of his career by far. Yeah. And so, uh, anyway, uh, clerks three was in production limbo and was probably never going to get made. And then after Kevin Smith had his heart attack, uh, reconsidered the story that he was writing and wrote what we have today. And Oh my God, thank God that he did. Because like, I I was so pleased with that, the way everything happened. And you know, you and I are, uh, meta junkies, if if you will. Uh, we love self-referential comedy and, uh, partially because of Kevin Smith being a huge part of my personality. He's like the original cinematic universe guy. He's as self-referential as it comes. And so making a movie about, making his movie was uh going to be up our alley but he fucking crushed it and did you cry oh i i was destroyed i wept i was i didn't cry i wept ugly crying in the theater it was embarrassing like Like, staring at the floor on my couch after as the credits rolled and not only that but he used like uh 
Eddie Vedder and other things that are very special to me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, like I'll never forget seeing big fish with you at like 13 years old, um, or 15, whatever it was. And just, do you remember that, uh, Eddie, Eddie Vedder solo song at the end? Uh, I'm trying to remember a man takes his last bow or something like that. Oh yeah. 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 Dude. I was just, it's always, his voice shakes me. I'm mm-hmm. a huge Pearl Jam fan. So it, it just hit me from so many levels, but mm-hmm. it, he, he's done something really fascinating. Like uh, you, most people won't like this movie. I just want to tell our listeners that you like, think if you're, I would say so. Like if you're not like a huge view askew person, mm-hmm. this is going to be like, what is this? Right? Like if you're a huge clerks fan, clerks two dogma, chasing Amy. Great. Like this isn't like as self-indulgent and what the fuck is he doing as like yoga hosers. Sure. But it's still very much like this is for a very specific sect of people. Yeah. It's him playing with his toys. And that's, I I, I think that it, for it to be as emotionally impactful as it was for you and me, then uh, absolutely you need to come in as a fan. And you know, it, it was never not going to work for us unless they, I mean, they could have just stood there and I like yoga hosers. Taken, right. Yeah. It's like <laughs> shit on screen and we'd have been like that dope. Kevin said uh, silly. He's pooping. But when, when I, when I saw it, it, it was like a double date thing. Me and uh, my buddy Wayne uh, went and saw it and uh, we're both, he's also a huge Kevin Smith fan Yeah, and our girlfriends came and neither of them had seen any of his other movies and they both enjoyed it. Like, I, I don't you think didn't that, like watch one and two with her at least. Or no, something? We, we didn't have time. Yeah. Uh, we wanted, I, we wanted to, there's and no was, context for any of this. Exactly. <laughs> well, she saw like, a good piece I, I really of the first one to. in this one. Yeah, for real. <laughs> but yeah, no, she still enjoyed it. But dude, I was ugly crying in the theater. Like, <laughs> yeah. and like fucking like, Typically, I don't get embarrassed about that. Like, hey, it's, it was emotionally affecting and I'm a human being. But it seems to kind of like not match what's on screen in this case. Yeah, dude. I was crying and then it got sad. And, <laughs> and it, like I started crying when they like were going to uh, well, what was it? They they were doing the um, donkey scene. I think it was. <laughs> yeah. And, and like I, I started oh, with with. Um- Dante's. Yeah. 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 And, and so I, I started to like tear up then just like out of pure nostalgia and, um, yeah. And then when the movie takes the turn that it does in the third act, then it was like, Oh, I hadn't song. seen, um, clerks two in uh, I don't even know a long time. And so I think I'm missing even pieces of like, what's really like hits hard about this film as far, especially for Dante's character. Like oh, I, sure. I, you know, I remember the donkey and I know who Rosario Dawson's character is, mm-hmm. but a lot of it is over my head. And people have said that clerks Two is, a you know, a, a masterpiece. It's my favorite Kevin Smith movie. Yeah. I mean, and I, that's not what my, my take was at the time. So I definitely want to watch it again, but I still think even though this movie is, is self-indulgent um, and it's for a very specific group of people, I think Kevin Smith, I didn't expect to be able to say this watching this movie has done, has done something very special with the trilogy. And I think it stands up as one of the best trilogies ever made. Yeah. I know that's a hot take, but no, I'd agree with it. the planet of the apes, the Lord of the rings and clerks, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Or I think the best trilogies because it's kind of like Harry Potter in the sense that we can root loop it back into Robbie Coltrane, but when you're reading those books as a kid, they aged with you. Mm-hmm. And so the things that the kids were going through, uh, were what you were going through at the different ages. So as the books came out, they got older and darker oh, yeah. and more serious and you were getting older and darker and more serious. These movies are the same way. Yeah, like exactly. The Clerks movies each represent a stage in Kevin's life that matches perfectly with stages in my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, almost like he's older than me, but I'm not quite 
super depressed 48 yeah, for clerks yeah. three, but like, I understand I'm close to that. You're an adult now that's trying to make his way in life. If I don't make some moves, I'm going to identify <laughs> fucking hard with that. Right. You're going to come to really hate these movies over time. Like <laughs> fuck man. I saw a comment. I mean, I reviewed it on TikTok, and somebody said, uh, I uh, didn't like clerks too. And it's, I'm going to cry thinking about it. I didn't like clerks too, but I, you know, I'm in my thirties now and I watched it again recently and, I've done nothing with my life and fuck that movie fucked me up. That's a good movie, man. But also I'm really sad now. And yeah. uh, <laughs> so like, yeah, that, that's a thing. Uh, but I, I was just struck with not only how much I love these characters, uh, it's like so many different layers to it. Uh, I think Brian O'Halloran had a, in a performance in clerks three that I didn't think was in him. Yeah. Like the yeah, specific dude. scene when he's a little tipsy. Mm hmm. What the fuck? That yeah, was powerful, yeah, dude. Uh, yeah. I, I was, mean, Anderson was great, too. Probably the best of his career as well. But I was like sucked into that completely. Yeah, dude. Both of them uh, did like career defining performances in that movie. I, if I was Kevin Smith on that set, I would have been like, holy fuck. We got it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, he and, you know, he wrote it and I'm sure that he uh, pictured it going a certain way. And I bet what he got was leaps and bounds better than what he intended. A hundred percent. And I again, like like we were saying, it's it's so it's so interesting to see how when you watch these characters go through these stages of their life and how it mirrors aspects of your own. Like I was saying before, when you kind of like have these moments in your life where your childhood gets sort of further and further in the rearview mirror. Um, Kevin Smith taps into that feeling in this movie in a way that uh, I didn't expect. I, you know, I, I, I know that Kevin Smith is uh, loves to pull at heartstrings and as he's gotten older, he tries to do that more and more. Um, but he, I going into clerks, uh, another clerks movie, I expected, a lot of pathos, but mostly comedy. And we got the inverse of that and for the better of the film, for sure. Yeah. I, a lot of people criticized it. Like it wasn't that funny. Um, but I did get an overwhelming response of, uh, very well said, man. Thank you. He means the world to me too. This movie wrecked me. You know, lots of people feel that way. And that's why I think you, you always laugh at somebody if you, if they're attacking Zack Snyder or something, and then somebody's like, it's not for you. It's for the fans. Mm -hmm. You know, you always kind of chuckle like, it's just not a good movie, man, or whatever. Right? Yeah, like, exactly. But honestly, that's how I feel about this movie. Like you, most of you are not going to like it and it's not for you, <laughs> and, which I hate saying that, but it's just like, it's, it's, if you grew up fucking chuckling at mall rats and, uh, watching dogma over and over and singing candy girl, mm -hmm. um, then you're going to love this movie. And you're, cause you're probably at the exact age that you need to be to identify with some of these life problems. And you're going to love these characters enough to watch them go mm -hmm. through it and be struck by it. But I, I, it was a unique experience. And um, I got a quote tweet from Kevin Smith over it, which yeah, was, was fucking amazing, dude. Cause we laugh all the time because we're such big fans of his. He has this uh, kind of toxic habit of really only engaging with negative criticism on Twitter. And it's typically, you know, like, kind of swinging his weight a little bit, you know, sure. and it, it, it'd be, I'd be hard pressed not to, too in that situation. Minions get them. Yeah, kind of pretty thing. much. Um, so he typically just quote tweets like, Oh, you didn't like the movie. What do you guys think about this guy? You know? And then, they yeah. And it's dragged. like, I don't want to sound like a bitch here, but it's like, I've tweeted him dozens of times over mm -hmm. the past 10 years. And of course you're busy. 
right? Like yeah. I even have like a little bit of clout on a separate. And so you miss a lot of comments, right? So mm-hmm. if I was Kevin Smith, like I can imagine, I don't even see most of that shit, Yeah, but he does seem to see a lot of people spelling wrong. Hey, fuck you, suck my balls, Kevin tweets, right? Oh, balls, huh? <laughs> so I'm With like, one L. how did you see that one? I was giving you the benefit of the doubt. But you saw that one. For real. Um, and he does that a lot, like you said. So, yeah. But, he, but yeah, he, he finally saw you, man. And Rosario Dawson retweeted me. I, I felt so seen for, for a minute there. I was like, let's fucking go. Sitting there blushing. For a split second, man, Kevin Smith knew my name. Yeah. And, and that's pretty fucking solid. And he's met you through. Three times, so it's like, <laughs> <Right>. thank God, finally. <laughs> now, a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. The past couple of years have been a struggle for many of us. When you're struggling like that, it can be easy to focus on all your problems rather than the ways you can solve them. If this sounds familiar to you, maybe a therapist can change your way of thinking to become a better problem solver. Many of you know that my wife and I recently separated and I've been silently struggling through that for a while. I wanted some help dealing with the problems that situation brought, so I gave BetterHelp a try. It was honestly such an easy experience. I answered a brief questionnaire, said what I was looking for in a therapist, and before I knew it, I was paired up with a therapist of my choosing. Together, we are making goals to help get the tools I need to become a better problem solver. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, I highly recommend BetterHelp. It's easy, accessible, and most of all, affordable. When you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com slash things today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash things. And I, I, in my review, I said something very personal, and that's very true. I mean, Kevin Smith was the first person who knew what he was talking about that told me, because we met him a couple of times, told me to my face, you know, you can do whatever the fuck you want, man. Make the podcast. Mm-hmm. The reason the streaming things exists is because of Kevin Smith. Yep. Andy and I met him and he said, do it, man. You should do it. You should start that, which mm-hmm. is terrible advice, right? Like yeah. 99 out of a hundred, nobody's going to listen to. He went into super duper debt to make the original clerks. And yeah. It was a terrible financial decision that actually ended up working out. Like, Just him, do it. Do it, bro. Yep. And I did it. I've been, I'm, I'm, I'm doing it. Right? I'm going to keep, it. I'm gonna keep doing it. We're doing it right now. We're doing it right now. <laughs> Look at <laughs> Thanks, us. Thanks Kevin. <laughs> Hope you're listening. Um, and yeah, I just, I thank you, Kevin for clerks three, for starting me on this journey, for showing me the way, um, and just being a stand up guy by all accounts, a very stand up guy. And so I, I was very, very pleased, uh, with, with clerks three. Um, and then another huge one I want to talk about that I think would resonate with you, Andy, uh, Park Chan-wook is increasingly potentially my favorite director. Really? Um, I have not seen a lot of his oeuvre. Like there's a, a movie I want to watch this week, a horror film, a vampire horror film. So I'm probably going to love it. It's my favorite thing in the world called Thirst of His that I've never seen. Okay. Um, and I've never seen the others in the Vengeance trilogy. Um, Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance and Lady Vengeance. But I have seen Old Boy, mm-hmm. one of the best movies ever made. And The Handmaiden, one of the best movies ever made. He has a new movie that just came out. uh, As you listen to this, I think about five days ago, October 14th, it went into limited release. By the end of the month, it'll be streaming on Mubi. And I partnered with Mubi and they sent me a screener of it about a week ago. Um, It's called Decision to Leave, the newest Park Chan-wook film. Dude, I fucking loved it. Of course I did. It's Park Chan-wook. It's the first movie he directed since Handmaiden, right? I think so. I think so. So yeah, it's been a minute. Uh, 2016, I think Handmaiden came out, I want to say. 
Uh, it was seven years. Dude's probably like, how do I do this again? It's the lightest movie he's ever made that I've seen. Like, really? cause all of them are bonkers crazy. Right. But mm-hmm. this is kind of a romance. It's dark too. Don't get me wrong at all. Don't think it's not, but it's kind of a romance uh, between a detective who's investigating uh, what might be a murder, what might be a suicide and like the prime suspect. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he kind of like falls in love with her. So it, it's an interesting story, beautifully shot. It's like kind of a noir or kind of. Yeah. But it, it's got elements of so many different things. Uh, like I said, it's, it's really dark, but it's definitely romantic. Mm-hmm. Um, and but you had uh, your email like dead center watermark yes. the entire time. That said movies are therapy at gmail.com <laughs> all over the middle. Um, but uh, you you might have access to wherever you're listening to this at. You might have access to go see Decision to Leave in theaters. It's not going to be promoted a whole lot, probably. Park Chan Wook didn't even submit The Handmaiden for Oscar consideration, which is crazy because it yeah. would have won some things. Mm-hmm. He just Absolutely. gives no fucks. Apparently, <laughs> he just drops bangers and rolls out. Uh, repeat <laughs> like you can't. For instance, you can't buy The Handmaiden or Old Boy on Blu-ray that works on a Region A player. Like for less than 80 or 90 bucks on eBay. Like they're not being distributed. And it pisses me off. I'm a huge collector. Listeners, if you've got a line on a Region A Blu-ray copy of Old Boy or The Handmaiden, I would do despicable things (laughs) to get a hold of that. Uh, Because I don't have a region free player. Those are like 300 bucks. Are they? Um, Yeah. You can get players that will play like European Blu-rays and stuff, but they're pretty expensive. Huh. So I wonder how hard it would be to mod a player to, I don't even know. I didn't know that was a thing until I started like getting mods. really into collecting a couple of years ago. Like mm-hmm. what do you mean? Some Blu-rays won't work on this. Yeah. Um, but it's a, it's a thing. Huh. And uh, Park Chan Wook does not help redistribute his movies at all. What's something you want to talk about? I just been going on and on. Well, so it is spoopy season and I don't know if you noticed when you walked in, but I was starting to watch uh Halloween ends. Oh, is that what that is? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, uh, so I uh, recently, uh, just the other day, rewatched Halloween Kills, the second of the uh, recent. Uh, Co written by Danny McBride, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, David Gordon Green, is that his name that uh, I think so. directed them? Um, the first one was uh, great. It was a return to form for a series that had lost its way a long time ago yeah. and really probably should have stopped. But, you know, the box office is the king here. So. Yeah, they must always make money. Calling this one Halloween Ends is like with a big asterisk that says, unless it does well. (laughs) Right. (laughs) You know, um, definitely going to be the last one with Jamie Lee Curtis. But anyway, Halloween Kills, uh, the second one that came out last year, um, was not great. It had uh, some really, really dumb sequence. There's this sequence where like all of these people mistake this guy in a psych ward for Michael Myers. Like they think it's him. And this dude is like fucking four foot ten. And they're like, get Michael Myers, get him. And I'm like, you're chasing the fucking little person thinking that that's Michael. That Michael Myers is seven feet tall. What are, what are you doing? It's definitely not him. I remember that. <laughs> it is the stupidest. Did I sequence. watch Halloween Kills and just hate it and delete it from my brain? Probably, man. I distinctly and remember that. So I, I went back to it thinking like maybe it was better than I thought. It was the first movie that Sarah and I uh, went to the theaters and saw together. Um, I remember liking one of the Rob Zombie ones. 
The and first Rob Zombie one's badass. Is, is that okay? Yeah, yeah it's can, like, really good. I wasn't sure if that's okay now, but I was like, I think I liked it. I, the, the second uh, Rob Zombie Halloween was dog shit. It was so bad. And like the first like 20 minutes is a dream sequence. Like it breaks all the rules in the worst ways. Yeah. It like, uh, in like the opening title cards, it like explain it, it like brings up a definition of a white horse. So like the, you will understand the imagery that's, that he uses. It's like, <laughs> if you got to define it at yeah. the beginning, then it's, pr- you probably shouldn't have used that. Uh, but yeah, Halloween two, the Rob zombie one was dog shit. He had a new show just or movie come out. The monsters. Did you hear about that at all? I heard it was also not very good. Mm-hmm. It was a Netflix release. I didn't, I didn't bother. Yeah. Rob Zombie hasn't made anything that I've been super into for a minute. No. So I watched, I was a big fan of house of a thousand corpses and yeah. I really liked, uh, the devil's rejects mm-hmm. even, which made no sense. It shouldn't have worked, but it, instead of horror, it was more action and it made the villains, the protagonists. Yeah. I, I love devil's rejects. And right? I liked it a lot. Yeah. Did you uh, ever watch three from hell? I heard that's where I'm going with this oh. three from hell is one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. Okay. Um, it made me actively angry. And like, I award you no points, you know, kind of thing. Uh, I didn't finish it. I turned it off. I rented it for six or seven bucks and was real excited about it. Trying to support Rob Zombie as a filmmaker, you know, cause he's kind of, he's pretty indie and, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, I'll never forget watching him on MTV cribs. And for some like reason, every VHS ever made, or yeah, something. he owned every single, uh, horror movie ever made on, uh, at the time VHS and DVD. No, it was laser disc. Oh, was it? <laughs> and then he was trying to get them all on DVD. Yeah. It's like a dude in 2022, like check out my beanie babies. Exactly. <laughs> and I just respected that. Like this man, I like anybody that like fucking loves movies, you know, mm-hmm. that's why I like Tarantino so much, yeah, you know, yeah. he didn't go to film school. He's just watched every movie that's ever been made and working at the and, video archive and loves them. Exactly. And you know, Kevin Smith's the same way. He just fucking some dude that loves movies. And that's how I identify. I'm a dude who loves, those are my pronouns. Dude quick, who loves movies. Quick side street. Did you ever get to make it to the Tarantino bar that we had? In the Never area? did. I know that you it, don't drink, but it was, it was like a speakeasy hidden behind a VHS yeah. store. It was really cool. It's not even that anymore. And is it? No, it's some fucking tiki bar now. <laughs> so pissed. And obviously I haven't been back, but it was, they had like all of this, uh, paraphernalia from, uh, Tarantino movies and behind the bar on the TVs, they always had some Tarantino movie playing, which was fucking dope. Like I went there one time with a friend. Didn't and, uh, he go there? Uh, Kevin Smith went there. Um, oh, that's right. I knew somebody I, big I remember, went there. I remember seeing that on Twitter. Cause uh, they would change the themes of what movies were on the f- fake shelves for the different visitors. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, and like there was a, uh, in order to get into the bar, unless you went through the side door, <laughs> you, uh, <laughs> they would give you a hint of what movie would open the wall and like you go find that movie and take it off the shelf. And then like the wall would like retract and slide off to the side. It was really cool. Uh, anyway, I just wanted to bring that up because it's gone now. And I was wondering if you ever did get to make, never it did check it out, man. Yeah. Super sad, super sad, but it was pretty cool. Yeah. I, I, so since three from hell, I have kind of like, I was going to have to be shackled to my couch and screamed at to watch anything else Rob Zombie like it's really good I promise you know <laughs> because I wasn't gonna just it's swamped as I am trying to keep up with all this shit that I'm watching like you know Andor and uh Interview with a Vampire just came out with a show that's fucking incredible mm-hmm. and I so I've subscribed to AMC plus and I'm gonna stay subscribed because in November one of the best shows ever made well for me because I love brutal action and, and cool shit um 
that nobody watches because it's on AMC plus unless you're abroad, like Enza might have like sky Atlantic, that network. I don't even know what that is. I assume it's European. Mm -hmm. It might only be British, but it's called gangs of London. Oh yeah. Yeah. The Gareth Evans. Yeah. It's got, uh, it's exactly, uh, created by Gareth Evans who did the raid redemption and the raid Two. Um, but it also stars Joe Cole from Peaky Blinders. It has the woman who played Catelyn Stark and Game of Thrones. And it's really, really, really fucking good, like, uh, action choreography and story. Um, so it's kind of like Peaky Blinders meets, um, John Wick. That's dope. With a little bit of Guy Ritchie sprinkled in. Like, it's really interesting. So season two of that drops in November on AMC plus. So you're going to keep the subscription. So it's like, fuck, they got me. They got me with the van and the interview with the vampire is incredible. Is it good? It's so good. And it's got, uh, the guy who played Grey Worm. Um, is Louis Grey Worm from Game of Thrones, the Unsullied Captain? Oh, oh, dope! Yeah, and it's so gay, and it's awesome. <laughs> like the the sexual tension between Lestat and Louis. Uh, is it Lestat? Uh, Lestat is like the French pronunci- pronunciation, but uh, oh, oh, the French. Oh, sorry, that didn't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Zach. He sounds like he's puking when he says orc. <laughs> um, um, yeah, it's incredible. It's, it's, so the subtext of, of sexuality between Lesta and Louis is explicit mm-hmm. in the show. And it's just really, really well done. So I'm, I'm, I'm trying to stay up on all that shit. So I'm not going to watch any fucking monsters unless I'm told it's very, very good. I get it. I have so many things that I need to be watching. And do you know what I've been watching instead? How I Met Your Mother. Fucking Master Chef. What is that? It's the fucking uh, cooking contest. The mean, the mean guy one? With the mean, uh, Gordon Ramsay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's actually really nice. I've only ever seen his TikToks. I do watch his TikToks. <laughs> he's a yeah. nice guy. Yeah, he is. He's, you know, definitely playing a character. Yeah. He, like, needs to be the Simon Cowell of food That's right. for this show. Um, but, you know, as I uh, have gotten older, I've gotten more and more interested in cooking. And I, I think I've talked about them on the show. I bought uh, a smoker about um, two months ago or so, and I've been going hard. With well, I know everybody in the Discord keeps up with your smokings. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Uh, and so far, I'm either a natural or just have had some awesome beginner's luck because everything that I've made has turned out fucking incredible. But anyway, so I started watching MasterChef to like find out about fun recipes that people could and that I could potentially work with. But it, I hate it because it's absolutely a reality show. And so like there's so much like um, false drama. Contrived. That they try to contri- yeah, very, very contrived. That's the word. Thank you. Uh, but I do keep seeing all these dishes that people make i'm like mm, i want to try that i want to people that. are into that man i don't i don't knock you for that and then i go to fucking kroger and spend three hundred dollars and they just like spit in my mouth and slap me in the face and mm-hmm. like that which that. typically i would like but <laughs> since i wanted to feed my family yeah i i, I went there for groceries and <laughs> <laughs> that's what i got instead yeah so anyway i'm looking at all this food that i can't afford to cook right now but speaking of food i hope you have some i'm really really hungry oh, i need a snack to order something maybe. oh we were gonna order food yeah, yeah we're fucked we're really bad at that that's cool i i got a frozen pizza we can make. <laughs> I'm just really, really hungry boy, man. But uh, real quick, uh, uh, we were talking about Halloween ends. Um, I've heard that it's uh, polarizing. Polarizing. Yes. A- as is the case with pretty much every horror movie ever made. It's either the best thing ever or the worst movie ever. And right. I don't know what just beeped, but I think that might have been my Your dryer. Sure, sorry. Uh, anyway, um, I have heard that uh, David Gordon Green is supposed to be... Uh, I, I can't remember if it's Nightmare on Elm Street, but there's another like beloved horror film franchise that he's going to be rebooting also. The Exorcist. Oh, no. He is rebooting The Exorcist. Mm, probably not a good idea. You don't think? I don't think so. Have you, watched, have you gone back to The Exorcist lately? No, not lately. Dude, it's 
fucking terrifying. It no, it's really a great film. That's what I mean. It's one of those it. ones that's like you can't do it. Better. Yeah, like if you're Mike Flanagan, you can do a sequel mm-hmm. to The Shining. That's already also been written by Stephen King, uh-huh, yeah. but you don't touch The Exorcist. Yeah, um, if you've got the pedigree, I don't know, man. Sure, I don't. I'm not faulting the guy for finding work. I read. I'll the watch Exorcist, it. Um, probably like three or four years ago. The uh, William Blatty uh, book, um, dude. Even the book is fucking terrifying. Yeah. Like, I've never really read horror books because, like, it just doesn't work for me. Like, I'm not scared, and I'm more just like trying to force my way through to the end. But that book was actually pretty creepy. Like body horror works in books, mm-hmm. like Chuck Palahniuk stuff. Mm-hmm. Really, really profound. I, I would get dizzy and sick reading it's like guts and stuff. Yeah. Do you remember when we were all passing a that around high school? Of, of yeah. Guts out. Yeah, yeah. That was awesome. <laughs> Those were good times. I want to go back to Haunted. I, I do remember loving that book. It's a good uh, book. It's a good book. What uh? What else have you been watching? A ton of shit. The last thing I want to just quickly talk about, I guess, um, what would Andy like? First off, it will 100% be in my top five of the year. I watched it back on uh, the 10th of September. So that's how long it's been since we've done this. Uh, I don't think I got to talk about how much I loved Marcel the Shell with shoes on. I know Steve it's talked so about it. Say, Marcel say the Shell with shoes on. There, there you go. go. I it out. We do, John. <laughs> He got a young Andy. Um, it's incredible. It's mm-hmm. so much heart. I loved it. Please, please watch it. It's one of the best things I've ever seen. It'll it'll be in my top five of the year. And I've seen like 50 2022 releases, and mm-hmm. it's, it's no contest top five. Um, also, the Ron Howard movie, uh, 13 Lives, about the kids that got stuck in the cave during the flood and stuff. Like the um, ones that uh, Elon Musk was trying to help. Yeah, like this literally just happened like two, three years ago. Oh, it was already a movie about it and yeah. a, a major documentary, um, <laughs> which the documentary is probably better, but it was a really good movie. It's got Colin okay. Farrell. Um, who else is in it? It's got Colin Farrell as one of the guys. doesn't matter. It's it's a really good movie. Um, highly recommend that you check that out. Okay. Uh, it's, it's a lot more fun than I thought it would be. It's pretty long, but I really enjoyed it. Um, but finally, uh, Werewolf by Night. Everybody's probably wondering if we watched that. Oh, the Disney Plus thing. It's a Disney Plus thing. It's only 55 minutes. It's the best thing the MCU has done in a couple of years. Wait, I think. it's an MCU thing? Yeah, it's technically in the MCU, too. It's that. just, um, I don't know enough about comic book lore to know how, uh, but there's a character in it called Man Thing. It's like a, it's like the MCU's Swamp Thing. Okay. Um, he's really cool. His name's Ted. Uh, <laughs> Ted. It's like this giant monster named Ted. Yeah. Uh, and he's got crazy powers, but dude, it's, like, ah, it's Ted, bro. <laughs> it's highly, it's going to get you. Well, it's, it's more of a situation. Like <laughs> he looks crazy. Everybody screams. And then there's another guy who's like, Shh, no, he's fine. He's Ted. It's Ted <laughs> chill. Like it's one of those. <laughs> Ted to being a bad boy. Uh, it's highly stylized, really, really fun, unique. And it's such a breeze to watch for anybody that hasn't checked it out or thought that it was just another kind of streaming, you know, plonk. Like mm-hmm. just plonked it down in your lap. Plonk like here, you want some content? Nom, nom, nom. Yeah, it's not that. Shit. It's really well done. It's really artistic. Check it out. I loved it. I think Steve loved it. Did Steve say he'd watched it? I think, I don't recall. I thought we talked about it. He said he loved it. Um, Hopefully those are some things you guys can check out if you if you are looking for something to watch that maybe you hadn't just been pushed into watching enough yet. Mm-hmm. But we got to get going. We got to get some snacks, sit down for House of the Dragon, and, and hopefully enjoy the shit out of that. I'm sure that we will. Please, please, please follow us on Twitter 
at StreamThingPod. You can also uh, write the show at StreamingThingsPod at gmail.com or go to Patreon.com slash StreamingThings to get a ton more episodes like this and extra movies and coverages and things like that. Access to our Discord. Hang out with us. Stuff like that. My name is Chris. I'm Andy. And this is Streaming Things. Happy streaming. It's time for the new patron shout out. Thank you all. Well, guys, I've got great news for you. We have new patrons to thank. Yes. Well, let's give a shout out to the people who joined up and became members of the Streaming Things family this month. First, in the Try Before You Deny uh, section, we have Stanton and Valerie. Stanton and Valerie, man. Thank you so much. And never forget, (laughs) just try before you deny, man. Our new Marty B VIP producers include Ryan Bigger, Maggie, HHS Teacher, mm. Hailey B, Abby Vollmer, Florida Josh, Christopher Corelli, and Alex. Florida Josh, are you the man that all those articles have been written about? Next up, we have our chocolate pudding producers. We have Tile, Jillian Sloan, Alex Lembeck, Jennifer Lynn Isvan, Lauren Hartzier. Morgan Quimby, Ryan J. Poole, Misa McDaniel. <laughs> Is that like a Jar Jar, 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 Jar Binks thing? Yeah, Misa know. McDaniel. Misa uh, give you some. <laughs> the planet core. Uh, Erica Swanson, Courtney Kilpack, Michelle, Katie, Joe Velez, Barry, Jenna, Melanie Bordelone, Alicia Martinez, Isis, Amy S., and Jennifer Hardy. <laughs> It's not that ISIS. <laughs> we also have some Friends Don't Lie producers that join this month. That is Claire Cumming Herrero and Jenna. And then we cannot forget the people who upgraded the Patreon. So Can't. these are these are people who were at lower tiers and decided, hey, you know what? I'm gonna go, I'm gonna shoot for the distance. I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna, gonna go make higher it rain. tier. I'm going for speed. Yeah, they got one of those little guns that shoot dollar bills and they just like mm-hmm. shot it right all over us. Mm-hmm. Uh first up, upgrading to the tribe before you deny tier, we have Ghost. Well, upgrading to the Marty B VIP section because they knew it was so cool. There's a Nina in there. We've got Maria, Ali Awald, Rachel Malloy, and Tony Dare. I Tony dare you guys to upgrade further. Well, <laughs> well, one person took you up on that. They upgraded to the chocolate pudding tier, and that is Jenna. Jenna, uh, welcome Jenna. and thank, thank you. you. You have found the chocolate pudding. Much uh, and keep it going, man. Just keep it, stay in the family. We need you here. Recording. <laughs> well, that's not it. Ha, 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 ha.